0: If they're a high user of LinkedIn, they're likely going to be absorbing a lot more video, a lot more of the, like your carousels and whatnot. So, you know, try to lean into that. Whereas like if you're not seeing a lot of that, they're more likely going to be um, using email. So, so try that. I, th- I think that yeah. um, not one thing is going to work with all buyers either. Professional services, the people that I work with, they own the business. They, the relationship partners, they manage all the billing, they, you know, manage all the risk, they teach their teams, but they're also the experts. They're the ones that are providing, you know, compliance, regulatory services to support mm. every sort of style and makeup of business. So their time is precious, right? Simple as that. Their time is
1: precious. Welcome to the How to Sell podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and I am welcomed by my fellow co-host. Dave Pistuka. Pleasure to be yeah. here. Fantastic. And what's going to make this episode even better is we have a very special guest, Regan from Grant Thornton. So welcome to the How to Sell podcast.
0: G'day gents. How are we?
1: Oh, we're better now. Cause you know what? I I, I love these podcasts, but Regan, I must say having you on the screen is better than having Dave on the screen. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh am god! Look, I disagree with that.
0: <laughs> just just wait—you uh, may be changing your mind soon. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, hey, I know that you know our listeners are probably hearing this. Going, you already brought this up, but big game for Australia, Matildas—the women's soccer national team or football national team—this weekend. So we're very excited about that. Go, Matildas! Yes. When you listen to this you already know the answer to if they won or loss. but at this point we're still excited so we're still anticipating a great game however this is not a football podcast even though we always start the episode dave talking about football yes uh, it <laughs> um, can
0: be. i'm happy to talk about football
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah actually yes because tell us you um which team do you follow in the uk uh oh Look, I've got a soft spot for
0: Manu and shout out to my awesome. niece who actually plays for them in the academy. So oh,
1: what?
0: I've got a bit of a, a bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah,
1: that is cool. Yeah, soft spot, soft spot for Manu. She hates Harry Maguire, but he's going to West Ham United. We won't talk about <laughs> that right now. But however, so Regan, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, hey, before we jump into today's session, which is a really exciting session, we're going to talk a bit about, you know, from your perspective, you're you're, you're head of head of you're head of enablement you've got people reaching out to you um, so we're going to talk a bit about what triggers you to take a meeting how do you go about purchasing etc all the fun stuff that we talk about all the time Regan um, but tell us a bit about you and what you know you do in your role at Grant Thornton
0: yeah absolutely so Regan head of sales, sales enablement at, at GT uh, a lot of my role kind of sits in two buckets there is the the sales enablement side so really helping facilitate our partners and our senior leaders go to market with right strategies right approach and then separate to that i've actually built out my own and continuing to build out um, uh, a separate sales function as well which is really exciting it means that i can learn uh, from the sales that we we do day to day and really channel that back through to our coaching and vice versa. It also gives us a safe space to test, uh, different approaches, see what works, see what doesn't. So that's really exciting.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And so even though you're, you're head of sales and enablement, are you a lover of sales more than enablement? Like I know this is a spicy question. <sighs>
0: Look, uh, you know what? It really depends on the outcome. I, I think that uh, <laughs> uh, if it's if it's a good day of, yeah. um, you know, winning great opportunities with fantastic clients, uh, it could be that. But yeah. if I can get an aha moment from yep. part of my coaching session, it's just as big a win to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Hey, so I'd, I can't wait. I'm actually, like I said, really, really pumped to jump into this because obviously we talk, um, all the time about this topic, right, about Mm -hmm. cold emailing and outreach and all that sort of stuff. Um, But let's start at the I want to start at top of funnel. So you're obviously on the receiving end of a lot of salespeople trying to get your attention. Um, Tell us what would trigger you to take a meeting versus just hitting delete, receiving that call saying I'm too busy, I'm about to step into a meeting. Or not the right time for me. Um, we'd love to get your, you know, get your feedback.
0: It's a pretty uh, juicy question there, Luigi. <laughs> I think that there's a, there's a few things to it. First of all, if if I'm looking at sequences, I will wait. I will wait until you run through your sequence to see. <sighs> what, what you actually do, uh, so I, I don't know if that's pretty cruel, sorry to the sellers out there, (laughs) um, but I, I do test as well, like, you know, are they using multi-channel, what sort of messages do they come with? And I think the biggest thing for me is don't sell straight off the bat. You don't know me, you don't know my priorities, like share insights. Uh, I can't tell you how valuable insights are to me, particularly wearing both hats. Uh, You know, I want to make sure that I'm constantly learning. If you've got something that's an idea, uh, a product that creates amazing value and benefits, I want to hear about the values parts first. So I would say definitely um, strive to go insight first, value first more than anything in terms of outreach for me. Personalization Take five minutes to get to know me. I'm like I'm, I'm pretty candid. I'm pretty transparent. You can see a lot of the stuff on my LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. So really, you know, if you take five minutes on that, um, then I'll likely see it in in how you've approached me as well, and and we'll likely take a meeting. I, I don't say no too often. It's just more you can see what's automated and what's not.
1: Yeah. So in yes. the in the in the occasion that you do say no, what? drives you to say no
0: yeah lack of personalization <laughs> getting my name wrong uh, <laughs> you know that's a pretty simple one um and then also if i if i say um you know at the moment it's it's i'm, I'm very busy uh i've got a few deadlines reach out in a month or two if, if you reach out and, and you've and you've made an effort um that would change but if you don't take me out of your sequence after i've said hey i'm really busy at the moment you know come back to me in a month or two and i'm still getting your emails then i'll just go the uh
2: potentially block block you yeah, which makes so. me sound like an
0: awful person i know
2: <laughs> well time is precious right so yeah. what's important to you uh Regan, in your role and and what insights are you looking for
0: a really good question i think that for me you know it's all about that flow from what i can learn what i can take from those learnings and, and repurpose as well both in uh the the head of a, a sales leader and then the head of a sales enablement leader as well so for me i am interested to know what's working and what's not um mm-hmm. you know but i think ultimately it comes down to um <sighs> Not the not what you're selling. It is really uh, um, the learnings that you can kind of provide, and and the value that you can kind of bring. I'm probably already repeating myself, but um, okay. uh, yeah, I think that with with this, I, I don't really care about the tech, if that makes sense. It's it's more about that value
2: piece.
1: Yeah, that's I'm interesting on that. that.
2: I was gonna add a follow on to that. There is like everyone's always asking for time. You know, here's yes. some insights, yeah. can I grab 15 minutes of your time, right? I'll find a time on my calendar and so forth. Do you prefer, if it, if it's something that interests you, but you're jammed with time, will you still opt in to you know, book into a calendar or would you prefer if the insights, you know, if you respond back and say, yeah, this is great. If the insights were delivered to you in a video or summary where you could yeah. then consume in yeah. your own time, um, you know, what's your preference?
0: oh that's a really good question you know i i think that um video always helps recordings always help because particularly like you said that that time limitation you know we're all busy um if i find it really valuable i will make time for you the individual um you know i think that i'm a lifelong learner i i will want to make sure that i learn as much as possible uh, so I think that, you know, if, if you've got that value, if you're able to send that through, I can consume. If I've got questions and then there's an open channel of communication, I definitely take that up uh, for sure. But I'll also make time for those who are, you know, in, in Australia, we get a lot of um, individuals selling from the US particularly. So, you know, early morning, late night. I'm okay to take those as long as I know that there's something in it for me. Um, you can really isolate the the sellers that are in it to only make revenue or those that, you know, really want to make a, a long-term impact on on businesses.
1: Yeah, great. This is really good insight. And, and I'd love just, to, just before, because before we jump into the whole really trying to understand some of the key metrics and what drives you from an enablement mm. perspective, you did mention video. So I do want to yeah. talk about that. Um, If you were to, I know it's, you probably don't know the exact percentage, right? But if you look at your email, out of all the email outreach that you receive, Mm. what percentage would be video, would have video added into it?
0: Uh, Minimal, like 0.2%, I I would say. Yeah, yeah, very, very Mm. minimal. Um, I think I've only received it from about two, two sellers and one of which was, we're an existing client of. Uh, The other one was just before a meeting and I really, I actually sent it on to our our CMO and been like, this is impressive. You know, this gives that real personal element. You see them raw. They might even, um, you know, mumble through a a little bit of it, but it it really brings that human element back. And to me, the the human element, even when I guess uh, you're restricted on time is, 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 I think, a real priority for me.
1: That's really interesting. So you've got real, not a lot of people are using video as, a, no, as, a, no. as to leverage, yeah, because it doesn't that actually, doesn't have to be perfect, right?
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. I, I don't want you to sit there for like an hour trying to get the <laughs> right video. I just prefer you to stumble over something and uh, and then get to the point, you know. And one of the things, Luigi, I would say is that uh, it doesn't have to be their content. Like if they've seen yeah. a really interesting podcast, uh, and look, you know, you're you're great at this. You will always send things through to me that um, that you think's relevant to me. I, mm. I will consume that. You know, particularly out on a run, um, you know, mm. if I'm driving into work, like those those times, I can I can still be absorbing the information that's being provided.
2: Pardon the interruption, but I have to let you know about this free resource. The Grow Forum newsletter has over 10,000 subscribers that are learning how to sell. Each and every week, we send you tips, strategies, and also some tools and tech on how to achieve the most out of your sales pipeline. If you're ready to level up, sign up for free at growforum.io forward slash newsletter and get the first issue this week. It's one of those things where do you send a video in the first email or do you wait a response and send it back I guess like personally I like if some if someone sends me a video or something to review I'll look at that gauge whether I can gonna get some value then mm. respond mm. Um, rather than trying to pick a time in someone's calendar it's just too much
0: it you is know? yeah for sure I, I agree that um, in those first uh, few reach outs and you know or or mix it up. if 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 your email's not working then send a video or vice versa you know i think that one thing is um not to be set in stone with your buyers Mm -hmm. like really try to understand them if they're a high user of linkedin they're likely going to be absorbing a lot more video a lot more Mm -hmm. of the like your carousels and whatnot so you know try to lean into that whereas like if you're not seeing a lot of that they're more likely going to be um Mm -hmm. using email so so try that i I think that um not one thing is going to work with all buyers either
1: yeah now this is the when we get into the meaty stuff this is good right because we've spoken about top of funnel we've spoken about you know what would trigger you to take a meeting um mm-hmm. what gets you know put through to the to the to the to the junk inbox etc now, somebody – I just want to – because obviously messaging is pretty vital, right? Um, yeah. You, you mentioned that you're looking for insights, you're looking for education, but in order for somebody to deliver that insight and education, they need to un- have a bit of an understanding of what some of your challenges might be in your role. Um, would love to dive into that. From an enablement perspective, what are the biggest challenges that you find and you're trying to overcome in your role?
0: Yeah, okay. So for me – and look, this might just be for where I work, professional services, right? So, you know, for the purposes, of, I guess, in context of this, professional services, the people that I work with, they own the business, they are the relationship partners, they manage all the billing, they yeah. you know manage all the risk. Uh, they teach their teams, but they're also the experts. They're the ones that are providing, you know, compliance regulatory services to support mm. um, every every sort of style and makeup of business. So their time is precious, right? Simple as that. Mm. Their time is precious. So anything that I I do um, in the enablement space for them, it kind of almost has to uh, have two real contributing factors. First one, will it save them time? Hmm. Simple as that. Will will this help save them time in their day? Um, You know, I'm not trying to add more to their plate. In fact, I'm actually trying to take stuff away from to make their lives easier so they can be uh, the best that they can be and also yeah. help support our clients as, as best as possible. So it would be how do how do I save them time and how do we ensure that they can be confident in in what we're delivering as value um, so then they can they can you know use it because really they have to be confident in what we're giving them um to then go off and and, and you know trial it in their own day to day as well. So um, I, I think they're probably the two key things for me uh, before going any further, to be honest.
1: Yeah. So really, you've got very limited to all the partners that you're working with have very limited mm. time. So it's all about how, how you can help them save time, right?
0: Yeah, ultimately, yeah. And, and with that, I mean, you know, B2B, if you're a sales rep in in B2B, that's your job. Yeah. So being a sales, uh, traditionally, it means that you are the partner still being the expert as well as mm. the salesperson. So if you've got, a, you know, if you have a, a complete book already and you've got a great group of, of clients, well, then, you know, your capacity to sell um, and prospect and nurture, you know, new clients is limited. So we want to make sure that um, we can help help them balance that as well. Um, whereas I think a traditional sales rep, you, you, your role is to purely
2: sell. Mm, yeah,
1: yeah. So there's definitely some differences, right? Mm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So as within your role, uh, Regan, like w- what's success look like? Like what are you measured on within the business?
0: Well, look, I, I love nothing <laughs> more than a, a good measurement <laughs> and metrics. To be honest, and I think that for me, I've I've made them up. Like I, I've. I've <laughs> I've gone to to our chief marketing officer. I've, I've spoken with our executive team, and I've said I, I think that you know I should be measured off of um, you know win rate, growth, average uh, deal close, um, or days to close. Uh, how quickly we're managing our inbound mm-hmm. sales. You know uh, how many touches. There's there's a lot there. I think as well between. Um, uh, what is the the marketing metrics and and what is the the sales metrics? So uh, I almost play in, in a bit of both to be honest. Um, but hey, I love to achieve. It's one of um, my my biggest joys in life. So the more well not the more metrics, but I think the um, the greater focus on them for me to achieve the better.
2: Nice. Yeah. And look, part of this uh, podcast is to talk about how the people that we're speaking to uh, buy and um, yeah. and that process. So can you take us through what does the process look like if someone's trying to sell into Grant Thornton, in particular into your role? Um, how, what does that process look like? And, mm-hmm. you know, who makes the decision? Are you a decision maker? Do you need to take it to someone else? Yeah, um, Take us through that journey.
0: Yeah, so that's a good question. So it would really depend on how many people it would impact. Yeah. Right. Um, So I would say for, for services, for example, if, if it's a part of an extension of uh, our sales program and and sales coaching, that would ultimately sit with uh, myself. Um, yeah. and influencers being, you know, the my fellow leadership team and then obviously who I report to, so um, our CMO, Fraser McNaughton. Uh, with that, you know, as a collective, um, while I, I would be the ultimate decision maker, it would very much involve a, a, a team um, and, and collaborative approach. I want to make sure that they're all on board as well so their mm-hmm. teams are on board. Mm-hmm. For something bigger than that, so say, not bigger, but say for something that requires, um, you know technology integration uh and and put into our tech stack that in itself that's um a much larger buying party you know i want to make sure that i get my my cto and and his team really on board um and and they're fantastic right they'll look at this from a completely different angle to me and and then we also want to make sure you know what does this look like um from a, a a risk and business perspective and then obviously from a finance perspective you know does this bring the value um and greater impact for say the rest of the business so um you know those technology pieces i think definitely would have a larger buying party um and they'll come in at different stages of of the buying process as well
1: yeah and if it's i I love this and if we can just maybe touch on it we won't name names so just like that famous seinfeld episode whoever seinfeld fan (laughs) We won't name names, um, but you are looking at two vendors for a, um, yeah. a, a, a project. Um, mm. obviously you started with one, you're now migrating to the other. Could you maybe, cause we had a chat about this the other day, could you maybe yeah. just talk us through how one vendor is, is probably not in your pro in your top, not at the top of the, of the list now. Just yeah. because of the way in which they've approached you and what they did, um, or what they could have done differently, so to speak.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, sorry to this vendor uh, in advance. <laughs> I would say uh, it's never it's never nice to make these decisions, but again, it goes back to that criteria around how much value I can bring to the business. Yeah. Um, so so with that, the initial one, while yes, it was a great solution, it still is, and and would suit many of businesses. Um, what I found during that decision. Uh, processes you know I was almost ready to go with them Um, but then looking a bit further uh, you know another vendor came into the mix and it was almost like the second vendor ended up providing all of these great uh, insights and being like you know what you you can also use this as a part of um, three different areas of your business. Like you, hmm. you can use this benefit. Here's some free insights. This is how other professional services firms may use this. Um, let's loop in, uh, you know, your head of digital marketing to to get across this because it might help from that top of funnel point of view as well. So to me, I, I was like, great. Well, if it can if it can benefit not just my team, my greater yeah. team, uh, that that is an instant win, right? But then in the background, the initial vendor is. Um, is chasing me on closing the deal and mm-hmm. only like closing the deal when can you get that contract signed? when can you get that contract sign and, and to me that left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth because i did say it would be a, a, a long time like yeah. obviously we wanted to go through the right channels uh and prioritizing those channels and um you know opposed to that was this other firm or other vendor providing insights again so yeah. ultimately i was i was I was going with the first one, but then I was like, "Oh, this is too good." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, like from so, that, I think the learning from from my end would be: don't just try close the deal. Like, yeah. it's not about just you know getting a, a sign. It, it actually, it just makes me feel like a number, um, mm, you know, rather yeah. than how you're helping mm. my business.
1: Yeah, but you know what I found really yeah. interesting about this, and there's a so there's so many like. We could build a really cool workshop around this actually, but what I, what's so interesting is you just said it, right? You've have tech solution impacts so many mm. different people. So therefore from a sales perspective, if they're not understanding how their solution impacts the business and the different people, and yeah. then if they're not catering for that in their sales process, of course they've got time pressure because somebody's on their end going, when are you closing the deal? So all they're yeah. focused on is closing the deal. But if they had to manage this properly to think, you actually, there are all these micro steps. There's these people that need to get involved. Actually, this is going to take a bit longer because of A, B, and C. And if they'd asked a the pass-based question to say, hey, you know, when you added X into Salesforce, what did the process look like? How long did it take to get, to get it across and who was involved? It'll probably yeah. give them a better understanding of what they need to do to then get their solution across the line with you.
0: a oh, 100%. And I think you just absolutely nailed it there. It's um, one of the things that I love about being on the sales side but also the buying side yeah. is evaluating is around those, those sort of questions, those past questions, making sure mm. that they really understand that background and decision-making process. And then also those future questions around, well, mm. what will this achieve? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, the second vendor was able to connect those dots a lot quicker. They can, or uh, well, they have been able to pr- bring in those additional experts that they're like, Oh, I, I heard that around the digital yeah. marketing site. Let me connect you to this person. In mm. fact, let me let me give you that demo you can just have it run for it we'll give you we'll give you some um uh free data and insight so that to me was it was really really good i was very very impressed i would say though there was one one part in there that i was i was a bit on the fence about they bagged out their competitor Mm,
1: and and that to me yeah
0: uh, yeah and i think luigi and i have spoken about this in the past Mm. it's Probably the worst thing that I I personally think you can do, Mm. you know, um, be confident in your ability and you know, what you bring to, to the table because that, um, bad mouthing is just, it's not nice.
2: Do you have a great product, but are struggling to reach more customers? Are you spending hours on sales activities that aren't generating results, leaving you feeling frustrated and discouraged? The sales os program is a step-by-step operating system that will help you slash your selling hours in half while rapidly growing your revenue in under just two weeks you can be well on your way to creating predictable revenue in sales os we'll show you how to build predictable sales pipeline build lasting relationships with your customers and sell more in less time the art of negotiation and motivating and leading a successful sales team. If this sounds like something that you need in your business, visit growforum.io forward slash sales and apply to see if you have the right mindset to achieve predictable revenue. The Sales always program is your ticket to predictable revenue. Don't wait any longer, apply today. Do you think that it, that process of bringing in other parties within the business um, like I personally, I would see that maybe as a risk from myself, because now I'm expanding the projects sort of scope and the people I need to get on board, uh, to get a yes or, but in your case, like it worked out to be a positive. Um, i just worry about like, I just want to sell to Regan, get her to sign the deal. Um, but that turned mm-hmm. you off and now you're going with the other vendor, right? So I've just, there's, there's always that, um, double-edged sword with that. Wouldn't you feel?
0: No, I, I, I don't think decisions are made in silos at all. I, I think that no matter what, um, all big decisions, all, all important mm. decisions that impact our yeah. business will have way more than one buyer. Um, and we, we see this with you know our clients as well, yeah. um, uh, is that there's more than one. There's generally more than three or five. It can get up mm-hmm. to nine, ten mm. or more. So I, I think, you know, being able to have that collaborative uh, discussion up front is a very powerful thing. It will, it will show you, you know, it's not just Regan who has a driver around performance, efficiency and revenue. It also has uh, criteria in there that we need to balance out from minimising risk, um, you know, a smooth integration process um, uh, around, you know, 100 percent support and 100 uptime all of these things will matter to as a part of the decision making process just because i might might not be an immediate priority to me doesn't mean that it's not an immediate priority to like the overall business
2: well then based on that right so i'm now i'm I'm talking to you you now i've got the you know it may deal with the marketing team so i've got the marketing team involved digital maybe another area of the business um and now i start to multi-thread and mm. uh, communicate with you and the others in that conversation. Now, if, if I've gone direct to the CMO as well and gone around, do you feel like that's gone around you? Like, how do you feel no. about that whole multi, multi-threading process?
0: No, I, th- I think it's important. Like, you know, one of the things that seller could do really well is arm me to help influence. If I think it's a it's an absolute necessity to to move something forwards, then you know. Give me the tools to also be able to influence their decision, uh, but also you know understand the other the other drivers. I would much prefer for that multi-thread to happen because by the time we get to the table to discuss this, you know there is uh, I, I guess a, a limitation around or that or there's um, a full understanding. You know everyone's being able to understand the value that it might bring and and from their different views. To be honest, so yeah, I would say mm-hmm. go for it.
1: Cool. Okay. Yeah. This is good insight, right? This is really good insight around. Cause I think that's a, a lot of people fear multi-threading because they think, oh, you know, I could piss my bio, my, my champion off, but I think you're right. Like it depending on that's, it's, it all depends on the mindset that you're taking with multi-threading. If I'm multi-threading, yeah. I'm trying to go over you or I'm trying to bypass you, then yes, you should fear it. But if I'm multi-threading to think, well, actually. I really want to start to educate and provide insights and just give and i'm not asking mm-hmm. for anything in return then that's a completely different mindset and mm-hmm. you know what, we should be we shouldn't be fearing that because you're giving stuff
2: i guess yeah. like I, and the, so the reason why i mentioned that was like previous in, in my previous role i i i did that right so like i was selling to procurement and then i thought you know it'd be great for me to have a A relationship with the cfo so i went to the cfo Mm. and and said hey i'm speaking with procurement and procurement took that as going over their head and got real protective (laughs) over the role right which then put the deal at risk but in essence you know i was just trying to help build a a better foundation for this to get approved maybe it was the way i approached it um Mm. maybe you know better communication with the head of procurement but um because then on the other on the flip side it's like hey how you okay if i reach out to the cfo then they say no you just deal with me um and then then it's one-to-one so it's like how do you deal with that
0: yeah look and i think that say with procurement's a different beast in itself right there's a lot of policies and processes there as as well uh I, i would say that you know if if it was if it was me if it was my cmo very much bringing that that conversation full circle so yeah name dropping and stuff like that hey i've just reached out to phrase um you know just to have that heads up i think that like mm. that's always appreciated um you know where i say from web procurements involved i would always go cfo first procurement second
2: <laughs> there we go we heard it here first
1: yeah right. <laughs> mate we'll, we'll we'll challenge that when we have procurement leaders on our podcast <laughs> in the next
0: yeah so. well absolutely i
1: would love that <laughs> Yeah, well, this is great. Hey, I just want to ask, um, just before we come to a point of 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 you know, let letting our listeners know and our audience know where they can engage with you, if you were to look back, right? And actually, this is I haven't prepared you for this region, so I'm just asking this. But I know that because you you've not just you were not just in the enablement role, you're also in the sales role, and you've done it for a number of years. What was the one deal that you were able to get across the line? that when you look back you're like you know what that was a milestone learning like i really took a learning from it and it's really shaped the seller i am today
0: you know it was one of the earlier ones when we were piloting um the the inbound sales piece here yeah. at tc uh and it was really that first call that i made where the owner of a business was um essentially not picking up the phone to, to the partner and I was fortunate enough to, to get him on the phone and straight away objection, 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 and slowing it down, really going through, really listening to, to his concerns. Um, and then, you know, taking things from his side. And uh, there was just a moment where I was like, I, I can either, if I react too quick, um, I'd watch yep. this. But if, if I slow it down, if I listen to, to his concerns, if, I, if I'm able to get him to agree to go through that scope and really understand his priorities again, uh, we'll be able to get this across the line. And you know, it was the first, um, uh, it, was, it was one of those first wins, but it was also one of those first times where we just really took charge um, of, of the process. And we've just seen value and um, delivery ever since. Uh, for me, I think it's, you know, be confident in in what I know as a sales coach, apply it as a salesperson. Um, but more importantly, like listen to the buyer. Simple as that. Just listen. Yeah, Great
1: that's takeaway. good. That's good, right? And you would, I can only imagine the difficult, or maybe not difficult, but the challenge in holding back, right? As mm-hmm. those objections are coming up, you probably were like, yeah, I can handle this.
0: I'm a bullet out of a gate most days. Uh, <laughs> you know this, mate. So that was probably the biggest, yeah, the biggest takeaway for me. And you know, even even discussing it now, I'm getting excited again. Like I'm, I'm really, excited <laughs> I love the, I love hearing about those stories. I, I, yeah. I love uh, re- bringing those up again. It's yeah, it's a great feeling. But lots to learn from it. Hey, I think you can learn as much from those wins as you can from losses. Probably more from losses, to be honest. Yeah. But um, you know, a, a good win like that is, um, yeah. Good
1: feeling. Well, this has been awesome. I just want to say thank you. And I've, I've, you know, I've, I didn't put it out there, but full disclosure for our audience, I've been working with Regan for some time um, and, and the team at Grand Thornton. Absolutely love it. And I've learned a tremendous amount from working with Regan and the team. So I just want to say thank you for the contribution you make from an enablement sales perspective. Um, you're going to be putting more content out there over the next 12 months. So look yeah, out yeah. world. Regan is coming. That's the, see. That's from your accountability buddy here. Um, but where is, where is the best place for our audience to engage with you um, and find you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, look me up on LinkedIn, Regan Barker. Hopefully, I'm the only one. Um, I'm not sure if I am, but uh, yeah, no. I'm happy to connect. Happy to continue yeah. conversations with people as well. And Luigi, it's been an absolute pleasure to work with you over the last few years. And you know, I think we've achieved great things together.
1: Yeah, and we're just scratching the surface, right? We're Absolutely just scratching the surface. Right. So, That's right. And if you are a salesperson who's listening to this, you've you've you've, you've read the the little playbook on how to how to in a, in a, how to sell to enablement. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you research Regan before you reach out to her. She <laughs> won't accept a meeting. You'll be jam. Or actually, you know what? She'll let your sequence go to email five. <laughs> where it's saying, are you the right person to speak with or should I be speaking to someone else? Yes, that is gone, you're dead. So I just wanna say, Regan, thanks so much. Um, Now as as listeners to the How To Sell podcast, um, this is not over, Uh, make sure you stay on because we've now got the next segment, which is where we're gonna talk through how to sell to someone in an enablement role. So um, we'll see you in a moment. Dave, what a cracking episode and and chat, Regan
2: yeah it was very very good uh great mm. insights uh I was my personally my first interview of someone in in that sort of role so to hear yeah. their mindset um was good like she confronted mm. a few of the things I mentioned yeah um disagreed which which is great yeah that's not all about you know if everyone knows everything then what's the point of listening to the show yeah.
1: it's funny I think you know my biggest takeaway from that was I loved it where we spoke about, you know, what's important to her and her role. Mm-hmm. She immediately went to the, the challenge that she's having with her partners is that they're time poor and it's all about finding ways to help them save time, right? And for me, I think often when we're selling a product or service, we might be selling to say a, a role enablement, but we're not thinking potentially about what are they trying to, who are they trying to sell to, yeah? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the key deliverable they're trying to achieve? So this is what I loved about that chat with with Regan. And that, that's she brought that out early. Like her role is to make this easier for X. So from for me, that whole sales process, that whole message has to be about how I can help her achieve that outcome but do you find
2: where you're selling time saving right potentially as one of the or a core benefit of the product or service you're selling that that's harder to attribute a cost um to get over the line like i've always found where you know previously you're selling that this is going to be take half the amount of time to do it yeah so whatever your team salaries are we're going to save you x dollars that people got
1: but I think, oh, I think yes. But I think there's there's a few there's a few things in what she said, right? So if we think about time, yeah. So she said, look, it's about helping them save. Like the key thing, it's they've got time pressure. So I think, yeah, if you if you're reaching out to someone, say, hey, I can help you save time or your team to save time. It's quite a, you know, it's quite a blanket type of um, message. But I think if you're leading with, hey, you can appreciate in your role, the challenge that you have from an enablement perspective is getting time with your team, right? Yeah. Or your team ha- are time poor because of ABC. And this, again, she said, lead with insight, you know, I've got some insight on what others in the professional services space are doing to achieve X outcome and also, you know, minimize the amount of time people are investing in X. See how now we've completely, we've, we're, we're thinking with empathy. And then we're we are we're not just saying it's about saving time. It's about saying this is a problem, like assuming this is a problem is what, what what we're hearing. And what was also interesting that she is in the moment buying from two competing vendors, right? I love that because she's saying one's just trying to close the deal. The other is saying, hey, there's a wider audience here that we need to nurture and educate. They're nurturing and educating and they're now, Ahead, and you know what's really interesting, and I forgot to forgot to bring this up, right? Which I'm I'm kicking myself, but because I've got a bit of insight on what's happening with those deals, one is double the price of the other.
2: The one and that's can you say not we're not naming names.
1: No, the one that um, is trying to close is the cheaper product. The oh. one that's nurturing and educating is a more She was happy
2: party. with that one until this yeah. other vendor came out of nowhere. Did she sort out this other
1: vendor or did they just come in cold or? No. So what happened was they, as part of their process, they had to talk to someone else, right? They had to just do a quick okay. evaluation. But what the yeah. other party did through that process is they started to go wider. They actually multi-threaded through education, right? Mm-hmm. And they encouraged her and got her thinking about things that she wasn't thinking about. So she was saying, you know, she mentioned this, right? Um, that digital could achieve X if you do B, right? Mm-hmm. So she, they allowed her to think outside the square and think about things that she wasn't thinking about because they were looking to go, well, we need other people. It, we wanna educate other people. The other provider was just going, well, how do we get the deal done? Very different. So they ways. thought they had it in the bag. It sounds absolutely. They thought they, they had, thought in, they had the in the bag. her They're buying. Making- her, oh, I was on the call. Her buying, um, her buying indicators were high. She's like, This is awesome. Like you can see, she's a very extrovert, you know, yeah. really emotive individual. And she actually said that this is awesome. Regan was saying, This is great. I love this. Fantastic. Mm. But just because there's emotional, um, enthusiasm. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're ready to buy yeah? yeah and again if we look back if if we look back on the whole premise how would i sell to that role yes. in understanding the current you know past current future questions which i'm big on right th- this is not the first piece of tech they've bought mm-hmm. they've went through a whole process of transformation when it comes to technology over the last few years so and they've done a lot of additions into their salesforce environment so a simple question of you know we'd love to know describe the last integration that you 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 um, completed with salesforce what did the process look like who was involved right just those three would tell you that and she said it if we got tech coming in we have to get the cto on board we've got to get risk we've got to get finance right there's there's multiple people that have to as part of the process just because they're also in a professional services space as well yeah so there's data privacy and all that sort of stuff cybersecurity there's a heightened focus on it and this is where i often challenge sales people they're saying oh because of g- tough times deals are getting delayed blah 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 well actually Maybe the deal's not getting delayed. Maybe your questioning of the process is not there. So you're not understanding the full process they're going through and what are some of the key people that need to get involved. So again, if I was selling into in that exact solution, and I can't talk about the exact solution, right? But if I was selling that exact solution, yes, once that excitement's there, I would have said, Hey, I would have asked those questions, you know, based on some previous stuff that you've brought in. What did it look like, who was involved? What were some of the challenges that you found when you were trying to implement when trying to get that across the line, right? Do you foresee that those challenges will be, you'll encounter those same challenges when trying to get this across the line? Mm -hmm. Because she might've said, you know, Regan might've said, well, actually we didn't consult with risk because that's happened before. We didn't consult with risk. And when we are at that point of decision, actually we had to go and do A, B, C. We needed to provide a risk assessment, whatever. Okay, great. Would it make sense for us as part of our action plan to put that on the list just to check if that's something that's required? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is, again, when the mutual action plan, the way that I would have managed that deal, which it wasn't done, I would have put together that mutual action plan with her, right? I would have sat with her and said, hey, let's actually look at all the, all the um, dependencies that are connecting into what we need to get done. Right. And put up an action plan. What are the key milestones that we need to complete? Who do we need to get on board? Who do we need to understand their needs, scope, challenges, barriers, all that sort of stuff and have it in an action plan. And let's work through that action plan. And the very last thing is the contract. But we can't even talk about that until we get A, B, C, D, E ticked off. It right. just shows
2: you how important the discovery process Absolutely. and the questions you ask. Yeah. Uh, too often we see it that people just go, you know, gloss over that or, or race through that to get to mm. the contract out where, you know, that's probably your biggest risk by yeah. speeding
1: through that process. But, and that's why we think about it, that that contract, it'll come. But if we're rushing to contract and we're avoiding all those other steps, we're not actually enabling the buyer to buy. And in mm-hmm. Regan's case, as as enthusiastic as she is and, 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 you know, was about it, there were other people, there, there were other stakeholders that have to be involved. And one selling organization did not understand. They didn't actually identify who. They didn't put the action plan in place. They didn't partner with her to tick those boxes together. Yeah. They were fundamentally trying to sell to her. The other organization was educating, nurturing, bringing more people. So how would I sell? Just like, you know, sort of summarized, really getting a clear definition of what the internal process looks like and then developing an action plan with her so that we can work through those steps together. And I could also say, hey, if I know, if I've worked with a company like, you know, Grant Thornton and Regan. And I know, you know what, this is how historically companies like this buy. So I have I know their process, but also know that actually I've encountered another stakeholder mm-hmm. in the step. And and when I spoke to Regan, she might not have added that. I would say to her, hey, Regan, what I've seen with other companies at this stage is they usually need to get legal in early just to make sure we can tick off ABC. We haven't put that on the action plan. doesn't make sense for us to put them on the action plan. You know what? Never thought. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's put them on. Great. Yeah. So we are enabling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, maybe asking the question and, you know, the business case, right? What does a business case need to look like when we go for that final presentation? You know, what do you need to have in it, right? Have you thought about it? Maybe she hasn't thought about it. Great. Let's add that to the action plan. Yeah. By thinking about all these things, we can actually create the right strategy to partner with her because. Yeah. The last thing that regan wants is to go to that final point of decision and do all that work and then they say well actually you haven't thought about abc we're not going to give you the funds right but if we can help her see what are those gaps and we can enable her to be successful in that process she's going to feel better about it we're seen as a trusted advisor partner and you know what we've got a long-term relationship coming up so again the advice that i would give that's exactly how i would sell is not focus on the contract really focus on the steps the stakeholders the action plan and then partner with regan and and the head of you know the enablement team to walk through guide them through educate nurture to that point of decision
2: well that was perfect mate uh and look to to wrap this up in a nice little bow to get more of these episodes and to be notified when this mini playbook will be ready make sure to sign up to our newsletter at growforum.io forward slash newsletter to keep in contact with louie mm. and i and all the great stuff that we've got coming out from Grow forum
1: yeah and, and 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 stay that's exactly right and make sure you engage with us because we have some incredible enablement leaders um that are coming on to share very similar to what Regan's story was um, to share with us exactly how they buy, why they take meetings, why they don't, key performance indicators, challenges, so that you can, when you get this playbook, you know what, a big bulk of the work's done. You'll have the persona, you have your messaging framework, you'll have some great questions. It'll help you be it'll help you be the best sales professional you can be and make it easier for you to engage with this particular role. So if you want, and if you want any, um, any assistance, around all this stuff, like I said, Dave said, hit us up, also come and check us out on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, we look forward to sharing some of these concepts with you.